God by His grace through Christ has called you to become His people. That's why salvation is, can never be earned. It is completely a gift from God. Completely. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. All you can do is receive and accept what God has given you. The thing about our calling is that He just gifted us with it. It is absolutely a present to us. It is the grace of God. What's the grace? It's unmerited. It's nothing we, it's unmerited favor, undeserved kindness for God. Here's what it means. God already knows all the mistakes that we're going to make in life. He knows all the dumb stuff that we do. How many did some dumb stuff when they were young? Or maybe still do some dumb stuff. And yet he still says, I love you, I love you, I love you. Because it's not dependent on our goodness and what we do. It's just basically pure God's goodness for us. And his purpose for our lives and what he put us in here for is not something that we have to work up to create a purpose for our lives. He already put it in your DNA and when he created you and he just gifted it to you. Secondly, uh, uh, let me give you a scripture. This is 2 Timothy 1.9. He says uh, that um, he has saved us and called us to a holy life Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. Isn't that good? It's just by simply his love and his grace that God has called and put a calling on our lives. Okay, number two. I am called for God's purpose. Repeat that with me. I am called for God's purpose. Here's what sometimes, you know, there are thousands of books. You go to the bookstore today and get all sorts of self-help books and also of discovering your purpose, how to meet your goals, how to, to, to get things done. And a lot of them are written well. And if you practice all the things that they instruct you, many times you will be successful at what you do. Because they are well thought out, they are all researched out, and uh, there are a lot of things you could do. If you set your heart to do some things, you can succeed. How many know that? If you're lazy sitting around, you get nothing done. But if you get kids, if you teach kids how to, to, to be hard workers, and they put good work results to good fruit. But the calling of our lives, the purpose of our lives is not something we assign. We don't assign our own calling. It is not my, it's not, I'm not asking God to Help me in my purpose that I've created. Like a giving God, hey God, here's what I want to do. I want you to bless what I want to do. No, God has already designed a purpose. He has already had a dream for you. It's, not, it's God's dream for your life. And those are two different things. Not my dream for my life, but God's dream for my life. Not my purpose for my life, but God's purpose for my life. Not my assignment, God's assignment for my life. Because you can be successful at what you do and still miss out on God's purpose and plan. You could have, you could, you could reach the stars and achieve and still feel empty. How many times have you heard of testimonials of people that were very, just drivers that went in and got things done and they were, were very successful, but they still feel a void in their lives because they are missing that, they are missing that element of God's purpose, what they were created to be. And to accomplish. So God has called us. Uh, uh, my calling is for God's purpose, not my purpose. An, an example in the Bible, you remember the story of uh, uh, Jacob and Esau. 
These are two brothers that were twins. There's a guy in the Bible, give you a background, his name was Abraham. He had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And in those days, culturally, the firstborn, especially the firstborn son, got all the accolades, all the, you know, they were to inherit everything, the family, and they were like lifted up. And the number two boy, I am the second boy, I'm a middle child, and a second son. In those days, my life would have just stunk. He was like, hey, we're glad you're here, little solo, but, uh, you know, this guy is the one, you know. And so the guy, um, the two brothers, um, already, by, based on culture, Esau would have been the guy that would inherit everything, that would inherit the promise, that would carry out the family name, any family wealth. He's gonna, he was the star. But God didn't like that. See, it was a cultural thing. It wasn't necessarily a God thing. It was a cultural thing, but it wasn't because God spoke to the mother, okay, Rebecca, before the two boys were born and said that the younger shall rule over the older. Okay? Um, uh, Romans 9 says this, Before the two boys were born, God told Rebecca, the older will serve the younger. Now, at this point, neither Jacob or Esau had done anything in their lives to merit anything. They had good or bad, it doesn't matter. They weren't even born. So, because sometimes we think that things happen to us just because we made certain mistakes, just because we did this, and so we messed it all up. But this was predestined even before they were born. Because God had a purpose for Jacob's life that he wanted to do. And we see throughout the scripture that God followed Jacob's lineage. And that's why Jesus came from the bloodline of Jacob. And God had a purpose. So now what am I trying to prove here? Is that God already had a purpose for your life, okay, even before you were born. And it is his own purpose, though, that we don't craft it. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. I feel like uh, I personally have been very fortunate that I discovered God's purpose for my life at an early age. I think I meet people that are older and they're still trying, still trying to search. And I will tell you this, um, uh, I was, I, I, I want to say about 17 years old, and, uh, and I remember, I could think of different times, but I remember one time just really loving on God, discovering who He is and the plans that He has for my life, and just kind of praying and saying, God, you know, I, 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 I want everything that you have for me. I want to do what you want for my life. You know what, you're trusting, I know that what you have for me is better than what I can make out of myself. And just surrendering my life to Him and saying, hey, I'm yours, God. I'm yours, God. And you know what happened to the prayer? Nothing. No angels, no Holy Spirit, you know, no like, woo, the glory of God is shining on this guy. Like Moses, no, none of that. And I just went out with my life. And sometimes we're waiting for God to have this glorious appearing. Phew, man, I saw the angel, you know, that has never even been seen before. And God just spoke to me, whoa, Solo, you got some awesome stuff going on in your life. Just chill out, brother, because things are going to be... No, sometimes it's not even like that. And we wait around for those glorious um, uh, <laughs> experiences to affirm that God has a call on your life. You know, I didn't even have a job at the time. And, I, and I, you know, any formal job, just doing odd and things. 
And my job went on. You know, I went on to doing different jobs. An insurance salesman, an agent, a a financial planner, a banker. You know, I, I changed my vocation. And I did different things at different times. But my calling never changed. The job was just what I did to put food on the table, to pay my bills and do that. But my assignment, my calling never changed. Now, there are some times that your assignment and your career might match. But not all the time. And I remember growing in it, even learning things over time, and discovering uh, how God's going to use me and how he's going to use my life, you know, from being a pastor and different things. You know, God, I didn't know. I knew God wanted to use me in ministry. I didn't know where in ministry or how in ministry. I didn't even know where, what country. Never even thought about that. But God orders, he says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. But he, uh, he's got a plan for you and your life. Now, I think, uh, uh, let me go to number three. I'm going to skip a couple of things. And you're going you're gonna to love me for that. You're going you're gonna to owe me something. Because you could be here for a long time. You know, you're going to love me for that. You know, number three is God God chose my calling before I was born. God chose your calling before you were born. Oh, yeah. You need to know that. And let me read you a scripture here. Galatians 1.15. It pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy, my friends. That even before I was conceived, he knew. And he chose me. We think, okay, well, you know, I got my flaws in my life. I'm not that perfect. You know, God calls us his masterpiece. I'm not that perfect. How can it be that God designed me? You know, that's for certain people, but not me. The scripture we read earlier that says, All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It didn't say all good things happen to people. There's a lot of bad things that happen to your life. If nothing bad's ever happened to your life, man, come talk to me. Uh, I might need to learn one or two things from you. But all things in life are not all good. Hello? If I told you that, you need a refund. Because it's not true. But what he does say, that all things, he can cause all things to work together for your good. The good... The bad, the ugly, the what? He can make. He doesn't waste any experience in your life. He can still take the, the things that are not so good and make something good come out of it. I want to see this next slide of this picture of this guy. Well, if you could go back to one slide. I kind of skipped a little farther here. I just, I, there is a picture. This guy, how many know Mike Vujicic? Guy born, no arms, no hands, no legs. A lot of times you look at this guy, if your life was like that, you're thinking, boy, what is the guy, what, what, what is even life good for? You know, your brain can go there. Your mind can go there. And Mike, he's, he, he humbles me. I, I've read his books. When you watch some of his videos and some of his, you're like, wow, wow. It is just an incredible attitude that he has. And he, he believes that God called him specifically for a specific assignment. 
And he's impacted millions of people in countries everywhere, inspired so many people to get out of their feet and, and, and believe that God has so much in store for them. If you've never heard of him, go ahead and tell you, look him up on the internet and you will be inspired. Nick Vujacic, did I call him Mark? Mike, all right. Maybe his middle name is Mike. But anyway, yeah, I might not like that. I, I'm just kidding. Nick, you know, all I'm saying is this. I don't know what your life has been like or how you feel, but you should never underestimate what God wants to do in you. You should never underestimate because there is no limit. There is no boundary. There is nothing is impossible with God. And you were born into this world. You were brought here for something to make a mark, to do something that only you will do. We're all unique, created in his image. Isaiah 44.2 says this, I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. Okay. For those of you that are going to be following and doing the plan um, of the 40 days, that is our memory verse this week. So why don't we practice together? Isaiah 44.2. Say it with me. I am your creator. You are in my care before you are born. Let's try it one more time. Isaiah 44.2. I am your creator. You are in my care before you are born. You know, here's the thing about memorizing scripture. <laughs> the thing you've got to remember is the address. Where to find it. The numbers, the books, the pages. When you do that, you actually remember. Okay? And the other thing, another trick of memorizing scriptures that would help you. You, don't really, you learn with your ears, not your eyes. You can look at it over and over and over again. And not remember it. But when you say it out loud, you hear yourself and you remember it. Okay? So, that is, I want to encourage you to memorize that one. We're not going to be memorizing the whole books of the Bible. Just some lines. But I tell you, it's good to memorize scriptures. I to- talked last week. Is that you never know. Some, a scripture like that is one that can lift you up when you're not feeling so good about yourself. Remind you, know, God, you are in your, you're in God's care. You are so loud. That scripture says two things to me. The first thing it says, you know, I am your creator. What does it mean? It says that you are not an accident. You are created, you are called, and, and, you, and, and, and you are important to God. And the second thing it says is that you are in my care. And that also means that you are, di- that means that you're deeply loved. You're deeply loved and cared for by your creator, your God. He loves you. He thinks about you. You know, there are accidental parents, but they are no accidental babies. Every child means something to God. And even before we were born, he had already put a name and a purpose for us. That's why abortion is so bad, because it's not just a fetus there. It's a child that God's already named and called for a specific purpose. He already in his care. So, how many got the memory of us down? What is it? 
All right. All right. Let's try one more time. Isaiah 44. I am. Man, you guys are geniuses. You got this thing down just so quick. It took me like a day of, you know. But anyway, number four, there's four thing you need to know. Uh, and this is a good one. This is a good one. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. This is what keeps people down. Because sometimes when you are, you have seen, when you just messed up and, and messed up again, I was determined this is the year that I'm going to get things done. And then you keep falling over the same trap over and over. Going over the same habits over and over. And you're thinking that, boy, it's messed up. God has some good plans for my life, but I messed it all up. That's what I'm good at. He just gives something to me, I'll mess it up. Your mistakes, your sins, do not change your call. Your call came even before you. Your purpose came even before you. And God knew that you're going to make the mistakes you're going to make. God knew that you're going to sin the way you're going to sin. God knew all the things that you're going to do. God knew that you could do some dumb stuff in your life. But He still chose to create you. He still chose to love you. He still chose to care for you. You're not junk. You are a masterpiece, the Bible says. The scripture says that you are God's masterpiece. You're created in His image and in His likeness. Jesus would not have died for you. If you didn't want born with, with, with a purpose and a plan, he, would, he died for you. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in junk. He dwells in people created in God's image. And whatever you do, your sin, your mistakes, does not change the call. When God puts a call on your life, when he puts giftings on your life, when he, he created the, you the way he did, okay, he doesn't change that. Nobody can take it away from you. You cannot take it away from you. People cannot destroy that from you. Even Satan cannot take the gift. In fact, the Bible says that God's gifts are irrevocable. And God chooses not to take it away from you. You better get around and just find your purpose. Uh, One example in the Bible uh, uh, that I wanted to bring out is Paul. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. Incredible. We think of him as an incredible man that actually laid the foundation for the church. And to this day, the church has been shaped very much so from the foundation that Jesus built and what Paul created the framework for church to grow throughout our history. Paul was a religious terrorist before he met Christ. He was like the guys in Paris this week. He went around pulling people out of their houses. If he had bombs that day, he would do, he would throw some bombs. And he was so zealous about what he was doing. He was so compelled that what he was doing was right. He was convinced that he was doing the right thing for God. And the Christians were so afraid of Paul. His name was Saul back then. God even changed his name. And God touched this man, the soul of Tarsus, and he changed his life around. And he made him one of the most impactful apostles of the New Testament. Most of the things we read today are from Paul. 
So, have you ever messed up? Have you ever made some mistakes? Have you been so wrong and you thought you were right? You're a good candidate for being an apostle here. But what we do, look, listen to what Paul says to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1. He says, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor, and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown to me because while I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. I love that phrase. God knows that sometimes we, we make mistakes. Sometimes we are so passionate, rejecting him, not even accepting his gift. And yet God is so patient with us. And he loves us. And, and, and I tell you what, not only can God take your sins from you, nobody, things that have been done to us by other people cannot change God's call and God's purpose for your life. Maybe you've had someone be unfaithful to you. Maybe someone walked out of your life. Maybe you are betrayed. Maybe you are abused. I don't know what. I am sorry. And those things are painful in life. I'm sorry for that. But that also does not define or change or refine the purpose that God has for your life. And actually God says that even those experiences in life, he can take those and use them for your good. Because your destiny was assigned by God. Your mission was assigned by God. And nobody can take it from you. Now, there's a guy, Chuck Colson, was a man that lived on the top of his life at one point. You know, worked for the President of the United States. And as assistant, he was in top power. He did top of the world. Then got involved in a scandal, the Watergate. Ended up in prison. While in prison... He meets Christ. His life gets turned around. And he has a passion for prisoners. And he says this prison ministry after he comes out of prison for all these years. Over 150 countries. That ministry, ministry to prisons over 150 countries to, today. God knew that Chuck will go through this life of top of the mountain. Working for the president of the United States. The most powerful man in the world to prison, to a minister of the gospel that impacts millions and millions of people, not just in his own country, but across the world, all in one life. Your life has many experiences. They don't surprise God a single bit. Some things that the enemy has thrown at you, the devil's thrown at you, people have done to you, maybe mistakes you've done for yourself, and God can take all that in one life and still make you great make you finish. It doesn't define your purpose. Okay? Number five, the fifth thing is that really is that God's calling in your life is permanent. I, I made a statement referring to that earlier. The calling of your life is permanent. It is irrevocable. Satan cannot take it from you. You cannot take it from you. Nobody can take it from you. You know, throughout your life, maybe you meet people that try to define or input, get you to force you into some things that you, it could be parents or the pressures of culture, wanting to be someone that you are not. You may know that. 
But God's got something for your life that he designed. And it, it is, cannot be taken away from you. It always, it always fascinates me. We talk about Satan, okay, who was an angel of, the, of God at one time. Okay? One of the greatest angels ever was, the Bible says. And because of his pride, he had a fallout. And God didn't take all his power. Didn't strip it away. Didn't strip all the giftings that he had given him. And that's why he's able to influence so many people and do so much harm in the spiritual realm. And your gifting that God put in you, he doesn't take it away from you. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what we say, what we do, is that we could abuse it and use it for the wrong thing, but we could turn around and use it for his glory. But he doesn't pull away. In fact, he says that there's a scripture that says that the calling, the gifting of God is permanent. Romans 11. 11.29 says this, that God's gift and his calling are irre- irrevocable. It cannot be changed. The verse teaches us that the calling is permanent. And that also, it also says that that our calling, the other thing that you learn from that is that your calling is not your job. Because your job ends. You change jobs from time to time. How many have ever lost a job? Ever been unemployed or changed jobs? So those things change in life, but your assignment is irrevocable. It says that it lives past all the things. Again, I said sometimes your job might line up with what your calling is, But you know what they're saying? That people are living 30, 40 years in retirement. Sometimes they live longer. Insurance people are telling us that. That people will live longer after retirement than they did when they worked. You got a lot to do. So if you're, you know, so you you know that uh, um, uh, your assignment goes a lot farther than what I do. My career, my profession, my Vocation in today's times is for what I do, but my assignment goes on. Let me just stretch it a little bit even farther than that. It stretches on beyond our time on earth. See, God has a bigger picture than just our short time here on earth. And your plan and your assignment here plays in into the role of what you're going to do in eternity. So you need to stop thinking in short times of, hey, I go, I walk with this man, I have a good retirement, I retire in Florida, go there when it's cold like this, come, you know. Those are all nice things. But God's call and assignment go beyond that. Our calling is not that small. It is far more significant than anything we can do on earth. Far more all-encompassing in our lives. Secondly, number six, I know I've got to run through this. Number six is my calling is, not, is, is also connected to others. My calling is connected to others. You cannot fulfill your purpose in life by yourself. It is absolutely impossible. You cannot do unless you're connected to others. We are called to a community. We, in fact, that's why we talk about, that's why being a part of a church family, being a part of a small group, it actually helps you grow quicker and better to, to be able to, to fulfill your calling. In fact, the Bible uses the analogy of the body when it refers to community of, of believers. 
It's like, let's say, your eyeball. And you think about every piece, every member, every part of your body has a purpose and a meaning. Eyeballs are extremely gifted. You know, they, can, they have the ability to take light, you know, and translate it into your brain, and you start seeing things. But your eyeball, if it's not connected to the socket, it's meaningless. can see a thing. It has to be connected to the body for it to see, you know. Your ears are amazing. When you think about, you know, you have doctors are specialists on one thing. And they do a whole study on that. But your ear is amazing. They can take waves and turn them into impulses in your brain. And then you start hearing things, sounds, and you connect that. But if your ear is connected to your body, it's no good. You can't hear a thing. It has to be connected. You have a hand, which is also does, has an amazing ability. You can fix things. You can write. You can do all sorts of things with your hand. But if it's chopped off, gotten aside, it is no good. And that's what the scripture talks about when it refers to us being connected to the body. In fact, Romans 14.7 says that none of us lives our lives to themselves alone, and none of us die alone. Because we must be connected. Another scripture, Ephesians 4.4, 4, 4, 4, 4, that we are one body. You can circle that because the, the one body, uh, we have the same spirit and we are, have been called... Okay, we have been called. You can circle called. Do you see that? Uh, to the same glorious future. We have a common future in Christ. We are one body, but we've all been called to the same thing by the same spirit. Okay? Hebrews 3.1 says, The brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in heavenly calling that other people with other people in your, uh, you know, we, 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 to a holy calling. So with other people and, 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 uh, and in the family of God is where we actually get to fulfill our assignment. Because unless we are connected, we are missing something. Our contribution is missing. Their contribution is, uh, in us is missing. Number seven, God empowers us, empowers what he calls us to do. God will never ask you to do anything with your life that he does not give you the power to do it. In fact, he even says this about, uh, even when we get tempted, he says he will not put you in a situation where he will not provide an escape. And so when he calls us to do something, he will never put you out on your own where he will, ne- he will not give you the power to fulfill it. Ephesians 4.1 says, I urge you to live a life to which God has called you. Tell someone next to you that I have a calling. See, God has called us. And our life is an assignment. Okay? We're going to go on in the next few weeks. I tell you, uh, to, to continue this, I'm going to give you the last one. I, I knew it would be long. I told my wife this morning, I'm going to just confess to the church. He says, confess your sins to one another. I said, honey, I think this is going to be long. You know, I'm thinking... Eh. I said, she goes, cut off some things. I'm like, <laughs> and so, how many know that it's good to have a wife that tells himself? And I cut off some things and I'm still along. And I told you, you thank me that I didn't use all my notes. How many just say, thanks, Pastor Solo, you're awesome. Uh, or, and Sarah, yeah, she, there's a sweet talker right there. She knew. Number eight. I'm going to give you the last one because I'm not going to go to it. Because I'll tell you what, a lot of what we're going to be learning will be in the 40 days. Okay? I cannot go through that. 
but you'll get a lot out of it together. And we will just keep summarizing. And we have some great messages the next five weeks that will connect. I just want to give you some introduction to the God's calling because it'll help you, your understanding better and get a lot more out of it. Are you going to be patient with me? All right. All right. So I'm going to give you the last thing because you don't want to go home without that last blank there. Number eight, there is a prize for living out your calling. There is a prize. I tell you, if you are to commit yourself to, to connecting to people, and one of the things that people, um, to connecting with people, connecting the word, don't miss a day. Where you have something for every day. Don't miss a day. Your life will change. You'll discover your purpose and God will completely transform your life. There is a reward when you do. Your life becomes a lot more fulfilling when you're walking in the, when you're in the middle of God's will for your life. Um, um, you want to fulfill life. Not just for me, but in the greater picture of life. And even when things end here, they will end. We're not here for a long time. We're not here forever. Don't get too comfortable with being here. Because it will end. But God's plan and your purpose for your life, I want you to hear me good, goes beyond this life. And so don't let the things of this life put you so down that you're missing out on the life, that, short life that you have here. Because God's plan is bigger. I, you know, I, I, my heart always gets sad when I talk to people that want to throw in the towel on God. When they give up on God because God did not come through for them on a specific situation. My heart... Really, I, I really get sad in my spirit by that. I get grieved in my spirit by that. Because sometimes we get so caught up in the little thing of the here and now that we lose the big picture. God is good in your life. He's good all the time. His purpose for your life is good. He means to do you good. He's watching your back. He plans for you, like he says in Jeremiah, they are to, to prosper you. Not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. You're part of something much more significant than 30, 40, 70, 80 years that we have here. And I thank God that I could get to enjoy part of it right now. And you will be more content and more fulfilled about life when you get that in your life. That He is a good God. Everybody say, God is a good God. He means to me, do me good. Say, He means to do me good. His plans for my life are good. Let that God in your, in your, in your spirit. Let's go through this path. As I tell you, you will be blessed and you will be encouraged by it. I invite you to stand with me. Some of you, uh, worship team, you can come on up. We'll take a few moments here and worship together. But I want to pray for you. All those that are joining us, for the 40-day challenge. All those that are, how many are excited for the 40-day challenge? Yeah, all right, all right. A few of you, a few of you. How many would like to get excited? What? <laughs> oh, I tell you, um, your life is so important to God. And He thinks about you all the time. And, he's, and He wants you to know that. It doesn't matter even how good the teaching is or how bad it is. The thing that would change yours and my life 
is when we know how to fellowship with God. When we touch Him, when He touches us, He fulfills us. In fact, some things come by revelation. You could have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have the revelation, don't do anything for your life. Okay? The revelation and God speaking right into your spirit comes out of you being in His presence. The thing that helps us to get into God's presence is worship. See, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. I could teach, I could preach, any of the pastors can come and teach, and some people are probably even better speakers and teachers. But the thing that would change you and change your life is not even the good teaching and the good knowledge you have. It's really the relationship that you have with Him. And I cannot stress how important this is. And I teach it, and that's why we spend time in worship. It's because we learn to open up our hearts to Him and just glorify God for who He is, worship the Lord for who He is. I can never worship for you. I can never praise for you. They can never worship for you. We learn by doing it ourselves. And so in the next few moments as we worship, I believe that God is going to do some things in people's hearts. There's going to be some freedom taking place in your heart. There's going to be some, some prayers that are going to be answered. There are some things that you've been struggling with that they're going to be left at the altar. The next few moments are holy moments where God wants to come and meet us and touch us. So I want to encourage you in a moment, I'm going to pray. As we go through these songs, we're not just singing the numbers and go home. We're trying to connect with God.